from the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Freaking first cut. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your round three recap for the Genesis Invitational moving day there at Riviera. We saw a big lead, a little lead, everything in between. Guys go low, guys go high. Fugazi, Fugazi. I'm Patrick McDonald, your host for the evening. The parents are out. We got the pizza money, and I'm joined at this sleepover by Greg Ducharme himself. Greg, what's up? Yeah, and I could tell by the way uh, this has started. Whew. It's going to be a, a risk. There's going to be quite a cleanup afterwards. Let's just say that. A lot of, lot of cleaning up tomorrow morning before the parents get back for the final round recap. But what, what a day it was. I, I don't know if I can make it any more dramatic than you just did with that open. <laughs> One of the most dramatic seasons ever on the PGA Tour culminated <laughs> Saturday there in the Pacific Palisades. And, and let's get to some of the names in question. Let's get into one Harris English, the English Bulldog, the biggest mover on the board. I mean, he was T11 to start the day, but where you thought about him odds wise, he was 200 to one entering the weekend. Now he's right in the thick of it. A, a really good round today, six under 65. They're at 10 under, just four off the pace, bogey free around Riviera, which is very difficult to see. Got off to that nice start. A great back nine as well, which we know is difficult. Greg, what what stuck out the most from the English Bulldog? Um, what he did with the big stick, it was on a string all day long. He had 12 or 14 fairways. I mean, Harris English isn't a bomber and led the field and strokes gained off the tee today. It was just a sick performance off the tee. So, I mean, we saw a lot of his round. And every single pro tracer was dead straight. It was just awesome to watch. Um, and the guy can flat roll it too. I mean, he was fifth in strokes game putting today, rolled in a couple of really nice putts. You get off to that kind of start as well. I mean, the birdie at one is fine. Everybody seems to make birdie there. So it's almost like a par, but Getting a birdie at two and three today with that whole location was really good stuff. And then 12 through 16, he plays one under, which is big time. And that's the area where I was really impressed because he he just striped it in that really difficult stretch as well. Um, he kind of pulled the shot into 12, but it still landed on the green, left him in a relatively simple up and down, which he, which he got up and down. Um, but just really strong stuff from Harris English. It was, and you know, ever since he's returned from that injury a, a couple years ago, the torn labrum in his hip, he's been somewhat inconsistent. But you know what he has done very well, Greg? Played he's, hard golf course as well. He's contended at the big boy tournaments. You, yeah. you look last year at, at his high finishes, Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow, uh, Bay Hill, LACC, and he's doing it again. And, and you know, you don't really what did he finish at LACC last year. Top 10 for sure. He was also top 10, I think third at Torrey Pines in okay. the U.S. Open. Yes. Uh, and at Winged Foot, 
He was maybe sixth or third at Wingfoot as well. And I, I mean, at, at Wingfoot, he lost a ball left on one, which there's just rough there. I, I remember that because any <laughs> other year outside, that's like my one sticking memory from the U.S. Open is Harris English missing the fairway just left and having to re because there are no fans. It's gone. The ball's gone. Can't yeah. find it. And he, but, he was right there in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's right there in the mix again. I, I think, what, when was his last win? The Travelers Championship over Kramer yeah. Hickok? Yeah. That, that that long ago? Um, but, I mean, we've just seen him contend on these really difficult golf courses when there's not really a bunch of lead-up into it. And like you said, the driver has been – it's been better this year, but it's still somewhat inconsistent. And to put on that performance today was wildly impressive. He's got a sweet golf swing. Yeah. You know, and the ball striking stats don't really measure up to what it looks like. But I think the reason he contends in these big events is because his, his short game and putting are really strong. Mm-hmm. They're really strong. So when he's got to get through these tough stretches, like 12 through 16 at Riv, that makes a huge difference. I mean, you, if you could play this golf course, make birdie at one, 10, 11 and 17, and you'd win almost every year. If you could mm-hmm. play free the rest of the way, but that's a lot easier said than done. So you just kind of have to take care of the holes that they give you. And you got to scramble around on some of the tougher ones. And it just seems to fit Harris English's game really well. Yeah, it does. And someone else's game, who it seems to fit well, is one, Jason Day, also at 10 under, someone who at the beginning of his career admitted Riviera, not his cup of tea. You saw it in the results, no finishes inside the top 60, a couple or a few missed cuts, changed his mindset last year, boom, top 10 finish. And damn, Greg. He's back at it again, 10 under, four back, a big eagle there on 17 to get himself in the mix, a three-shot swing from our leader on that hole alone, and he's right there with a chance to pick up his second win. He kind of looks a little frustrated, too. Doesn't he look a little – yeah, there's like a sense – I've heard a lot of his interviews, too. Like he's yeah, just angry. You know, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but today was kind of a little scrappy, right? He didn't drive it well again. Second day in a row, only hitting five fairways and hit 10 greens today, but his short game was quite good. You know, he's second in strokes gain approach for the day, five of eight in in scrambling. Uh, And obviously the save at, you know, the round is kind of saved with the Eagle at 17. Because this is a bad starting five five is tough, mm-hmm. you know. He's he's even par on the front nine. That doesn't look great, but short game helps him out at uh, at ten. I think he got up and down at eleven for birdie too. Um, and then the eagle at at four at seventeen is is huge because he's right there in the mix. And and I think that he his iron play is good enough right now to put together a winning type of round tomorrow. Yeah, what I, I don't know why he might be angry. Perhaps uh, you know Malbon's kind of geared back a little bit on the the very crazy outfits that we saw during the Hawaii swing. They, they seem to be a, him? They seem to be a bit more tame 
like more palatable for the average Joe out there. Yeah. And I think they're still baggy, but they are very baggy. I can't imagine what they're going to be like uh, in Texas, you know, during the Texas swing or at Memorial when it's like 95 degrees later in the summer. I'm looking forward to that and in, in what they have, the breathable mesh, I'm sure. But <laughs> I, I think Josh uh, ma- made a really good point here where, you know, he feels like he's capable of much more than what he's probably doing, right? He got that win. He got the monkey off his back. Uh, he, he seems to be trending towards the player that he was. He still believes he can be the number one world or number one player in the world whether that comes to fruition or not it's a different conversation but greg believing you can be that is more than half the battle yes um well and also your body has to cooperate and there are many of the top players in the game where we've never had an issue with the with the body and we don't have real injury issues so you think of the rory's and the roms who have been up there and you know scotty scheffler and Xander Shoffley, there really has been very limited injury issues through their career. But with Jason Day, it's almost defined his career. And now in this resurgence and in this comeback, he's healthy. And he has a golf swing that works. It's very functional, very quite good. Um, and and I think his ball striking ability over the last two years has really improved. And it's gotten to a place where he can be one of the best players in the world. Um, and, and winning events like this is the thing that I know his record here at Riviera wasn't strong, but he would win at, you know, somewhere like, uh, Torrey Pines or Quail Hollow, you know, he'd win at big time golf courses where short game becomes very important. And I think his ball striking is even better than it was. So yeah, this is, um, it, it seems like it'd be a perfect place for him and, it's just kind of wild that his only top 10 came last year. And I think to your earlier point about needing to take advantage of the scoreable holes there outside of number one, that's what Jason did today. He didn't have his best stuff, obviously, but he tack on that birdie on six, which was a bit of a funnel pin. He takes care of the par four 10th, which, you know, gave guys like Luke list a little issue. And then the two par fives on the back. And that's how you're able to, put together a sub 70 round when you do make three bogeys and, and you do not have your A game. And, and that's just, uh, you know, harping on the good point you made earlier. Yeah. And there's a couple bonuses there, right? Six was birdieable, but it's mm-hmm. a bonus, you know, based on my logic here and making Eagle at 17 is also a bonus. Um, but all in all, when you make three bogeys, you know, it, you cancel out two of them. So you're still shooting a really good round uh, and and you got your, you're shooting 69. I think 67 every day is kind of your, your mark, your benchmark uh, in order to win here. And hopefully you sprinkle in a couple more birdies than you do mistakes. Mm-hmm. He'll probably need a, a slight improvement on the greens tomorrow. If he wants to make up this deficit and it kills me, it pains me to say that Jason day might have to putt like Luke list tomorrow. If he wants to win, Luke List, <laughs> the putting meister, the PGA Tour put out a tweet yesterday saying Luke List has like never seen a putt he doesn't like. Fake news right there. But this week, it is true. Luke List is second in terms of strokes game putting. And today, the, the putter bailed him out again. The approach play was fabulous. Off the tee, a different story around the green. 
a, a lot of strokes lost on the 10th there where he made a nice bogey. But Luke List, a late charge. You, you thought he might be out of this picture, but a nice back nine with three birdies in his last six holes has Luke List right there, just three off the pace with 18 to go. A guy who has won in California at Torrey Pines before. A guy who won recently, more recently than the three names ahead of him uh, this past fall in Mississippi. Uh, a really good ball striker. And if you have a putting week like Luke List is having, that is why his name is on the first page of the leaderboard. You know, his putting in the fall was phenomenal. Uh, and and Rick and I spent a lot of time talking about him on DFS and, you know, and all the shows and stuff that we do. He was my favorite long shot at the beginning of the year. And it didn't quite pan out because uh, he didn't have putting weeks like he's having this week. Uh, but, you know, what impressed me today? I, I was so impressed with him today because he drove it terrible. He, he drove it really poorly. Terrible strong. He just missed a lot of fairways. I mean, he had four fairways today, so he is playing out of the rough all day long. And it's not that it's long rough, uh, but you have long shots out of the rough and it's really difficult to control the spin and get the ball to stop. And Luke List today kind of, you know, he, he still hit eight approach shots inside of 15 feet. Right? I mean, almost half of them. And he's only playing out of four fairways. And you think of the shot he hit at number four, Cantley hit a seven wood. He had a five iron in there and threw it straight up in the air. So his ability out of the rough and the ability, which is kind of, I think, underrated to hit long irons way up in the air, like he did at four today, is something that can separate him at a place like this, at a place like Torrey Pines. It's just phenomenal. And he's adding it in to really solid putting Gritty par saves. I mean, the par save at 15, mm. again, he, he drives it into the bunker, lays up into the rough, and hits it in there to 10 feet and makes the putt. That's it's like a, a classic U.S. Open par. Remember we used to say that? <laughs> and <laughs> Back when we were a country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just, I was so impressed with him today. It, it was. It felt like he really got all he could out of his round yeah. and for him to make up ground on the leader who looked extremely solid for 90%, 95% of the day, he's got to be going to bed with a massive smile on his face, knowing he's right there. Uh, he must love his position. And if he can continue to putt like this, if he can continue to putt like Luke list, if Luke list can putt like Luke list, <laughs> he will have a great chance to pick up his third win in, in honestly a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. You know, we were on HQ earlier and we picked winners and I won't give it away. I didn't pick Luke list, but I <laughs> really, really, really wanted to spoiler I, blown away. Spoiler, I, did not, I did not pick Luke list either. Uh, yeah, we, there's just no respect. We didn't give him any, he didn't even get mentioned no. and he should have. No, that that one's on the producers, not the talent. <laughs> we, we can't we can't be doing that. We'll give him his flowers here. Arguably more important here. Uh, but before we get to perhaps some of the guys we did pick on HQ, we're gonna have to hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over sixty percent of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than twenty percent of them take the first step. 
The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we are back. The top three. Let's start with Will Zalatoris, Greg. 12 under. He's in that penultimate pairing with Mr. Luke List. An unbelievable moving day from Willie Z. Seven birdies, just one bogey. Six under. 65, two strokes back, some some nice birdies coming in, a four under on the back nine at Riviera. That is no small feat. Uh, you look at the statistical profile, vintage Willie Z with the added bonus of that club in his hand. Greg, instant reaction from Will Zalatoris' third round. Um, this tournament's over. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. But um, – Instant reaction. Will Zalatoris is back. I thought so after the farmers, but that's a little bit of a stretch to, you know, jump way in. But now when you see this and you look at the trend and even what he did at the American Express, even though it was a T-34, the, the Will Zalatoris from, from two years ago isn't finishing better than that at the MX. Right? That's not a place where you expect him to perform well. But this is a place where you expect him to perform well. Torrey Pines is a place where you expect him to perform well. You expect him to perform well on the big boy golf courses where you have to where you have to show a complete game tee to green. And that's what he does. I mean, he he understands what to do from a strategy perspective. He plays, I think at an I think he plays as one of the smartest players on the PGA Tour. Uh, in the targets that he selects, the clubs that he selects, when to be aggressive, when not to be. We saw all of that today. And look, this scorecard is somewhat comparable to the to the model, right? He also adds a bonus birdie at six, but it's birdies at one, 10, 11, 17. Now, he, he shoots 65, so he may, adds a birdie at 16, which was a great shot in there. No holes in one today, um, but... But still, adding in birdie at nine is also huge. But look, Willie Z hit, I think it was six approach shots inside of 10 feet today. I mean, he, he's just flagging it. Um, and, and the putter's smooth. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll follow my sword here, Greg. The best ability, obviously, is availability. The second best ability is accountability. I was pessimistic about Will Zalatoris after the Hero World Challenge, after the Sony Open, even after the American Express, like you said, top 40 finish, but it was part of the part of the progress. And I mean, he shut me up. He has shut me up during this California swing at Torrey Pines, a major championship venue at Riviera, one of the more difficult tests on the PGA Tour schedule. 
every year. And it's, it's really good to see someone like Will Zalatoris who, you know, has been missed. You think about stars leaving the PGA tour. It's great to see him return to the player that he was uh, before the back injury. And I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like back injuries with golfers. Yeah, We, we talk about it. Jason Day. We talk about Will Zalatoris. You could even talk about our leader, Patrick Cantlay, when it comes to back injuries. I, I guess this week is the week of the back injury. <laughs> yeah. Out, 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 outside of Tiger. If he made it to the weekend, if he didn't have a little tummy ache, Tiger, maybe he could have made a week, weekend run with the theme of the tournament. Uh, but it, it is great to see Will Zalatoris back. Because All right, let me... Let me uh, just talk to you about well, this. This will help prove your point. Okay. A- and mine at the same time. Oh, I like this one. Will Zalatoris strokes gain TD green since the return hero world challenge. He lost. This is TD green 14.3 strokes. I was pessimistic after that. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. So was I. So was I. So was I. At the Sony, he lost 2.45 strokes to mm. green. Okay, I'm still a little, I'm still pessimistic is strong, but I'm wait and see. Like I am, yeah. I'm not clicking his name and I, I, he is not making any of my picks. Amex, 3.46. In two rounds. Uh, in two rounds, correct. So I'm very uh, optimistic at that point. Farmers three point five one and a tied thirteenth finish. I'm I'm very now I'm pretty much in. I may not say it publicly, but I'm in, I'm extremely optimistic. Gotcha. I'm, I'm all in. Um, and now so far this week, he's gained five point five strokes TD Green. It's fifth in the field through three. Hmm. So yeah, the improvement is there. T to green, which is the Will Zalatoris that you expect. And you add in the long putter, and that's been a story of the last couple of years, too. He broke it. He broke through the resist resistance level. We'll say that. I thought he bounced back down. You know, that's why I'm not a stock tipper, because dollar sign Z A L is is shooting up. Uh shooting up. I, I guess a large cap. S&P 500, you know, EFT perhaps, or ETF perhaps, is a Xander Shoffley, a, a guy who Blue chip. You, you know what you're going to get from Xander. You're going to get that 10% return. You're going to get that top 10 every single week. But Xander, Xander. The Zan man. The Zan man, Mr. Zanman. He might be in for a little more this week in the final group. Like Will Zalatoris, six under 65, four under on that back nine, which, like I said, very impressive. And two back, looking for that first win since 2022 Scottish Open. We look at the three guys at the top of the leaderboard. Their last win all came, what, within a couple months of each other, which is kind of kind of crazy to think. Uh, and Xander, someone who on this podcast, I'm probably pretty critical of, uh, just because he is so good. He is so well-rounded. It comes from a place of like shaking you like, dude, you're so good. You can win golf tournaments in bunches and, and he's going to look to win one tomorrow. Well, you call him wet socks. So I would, I think it's fair to say that, you know, it hasn't been all optimism. On, on okay. The man okay. Greg. 
<laughs> that's fair. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, it is a massive wet sock opportunity, but it's a chance to throw them in the dryer, get on a new pair, get those well, toes all cozy. We'll if, see. Yeah, look, we'll if, see. If, if Xander wins tomorrow, I will have wet socks in my name until uh, he's in the final round with a chance and he doesn't get it done. How about that? Look, the, the reason why he gets the criticism he does, the reason why you would ever call somebody on the PGA Tour wet socks <laughs> is because of this kind of stuff, right? Because he can do this. Like you said, you're so good. Look at this card today, right? Eagle, it's exactly the, the model. This is the model round. Eagle at one, birdie 10 and 11. Bonus birdie at 16, birdie 17. Boom, 65, bogey free. Awesome stuff. I mean, this is a dominant kind of card if you can just perform on these holes like this through the week and manage 12 through 16, which he's one under. Uh, so really good stuff from him. Um, it wasn't anything extraordinary. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, and you don't need that at Riviera, but it's really high quality tee shots. He did drive it well today. Yep. I know you think that you give Patrick Cantlay a little edge over Xander with the driver. I agree with you, uh, but Xander drove it like Patrick Cantlay drives it today. Yep, uh, and I think that went a long way in helping him shoot sixty-five. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And if he drives the ball like he did today, tomorrow, Patrick Cantlay is potentially in a world of pain uh, because you know Xander, his iron play wasn't great statistically, but he kind of just. Like you said, he did what he had to do. He yeah. didn't get into any trouble. It no like trouble. At all. It was like the most laid back, wet socks, 665 <laughs> of all time. And I mean, I'm thinking fairways and greens. Mm -hmm. This is a fairways and greens round when I'm watching. He, yep. he only hit 11 greens. But they're on the fringe. Yeah. You exactly. know, so it, it was awesome. So it's, wet socks. It, it, yeah. Just plopping around, squishing everywhere. Wet socks, you know, wet socks on the hardwood. Then he goes on the carpet. Then he comes back on the hardwood. He's slipping. He's sliding. Boom, 665. Uh, <laughs> Someone who, I mean, his socks might be a little damp following that finish. Our leader, after 18 holes, after 36 holes, and after 54 holes, trying to go wire to wire, First player since probably Joaquin Neiman, I assume. To do that at Riviera, one, Mr. Patrick Cantlay, 14 under, one under, 70 around Riviera today. Most of the day, he, he was doing what he had to do, like you said, Greg. Fairways, greens. Yeah. Fairway, he, he didn't drive it as well as Patrick Cantlay can, but he, he recovered quite nicely and despite the charges from Zalatoris and English and Shoffley, he stood on 17, a par five, the second easiest hole at Riviera with a chance to push his lead to four, just one off the 36 hole pace. And he comes away with a bogey and lets in a lot more of this field tomorrow. Everybody we've talked about so far tonight. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I believe all those players are right there in the mix. But this is, you know, somebody dropped an ice cube on the floor and didn't pick it up. It melted, and yeah. he, st he stepped at it. 
it's it's not a big deal, right? He wasn't playing outside, jumping in puddles, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he just stepped on a melted ice cube, and so the socks just a, one socks a little wet. Oh. But all in all, it was you're right. He he plopped his way around, and this is a really good round if he turns that uh, six at seventeen into a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make that a circle, and all of a sudden he's at sixteen under and shoots three under and this is phenomenal this is exactly the round that the leader needed that's what he did most of the day exactly yep. what you do with a five shot lead you you hit smart shots you leave yourself 15 to 25 feet all day he did that all day long all day long wasn't really in any trouble and it and he's got this opportunity to, I mean, a four shot lead on two guys, six shot lead on a couple more guys. That's, it's a big deal. Now it's two for two and four for the other guy. The, the guys that are four back are, are now in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking about it between four and three. I was thinking worst case scenario. He's there with a wedge in hand from like a buck 45 on 17. Worst case, Patrick Cantlay most of the time is probably going to make par. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, between a four and a three is kind of a big deal, even because a two shot swing, you're only de- you're only up one now. But now with the two shot swing, you're freaking tied with these guys, and yeah. that could easily come on the opening hole, as we have well, seen before. Yeah, I mean, you make you could make a par at number one and be tied. Exactly, and so it. it Probably is a sour taste in his mouth going to bed tonight, but Cantlay is the type of guy who will see the whole picture and realize he played 17 really good golf holes as the leader of this golf tournament. And, you know, I remember us talking about this with Ricky Fowler at the U.S. Open, but, you know, sleeping on the lead night after night after night, it can get to you, you know, ever so slightly as the week progresses. And I think Cantlay is up to that task. I do. I am I am a bit of a Cantlay homer, but I thought you brought up a great point with the ice cube. You know, just having that little portion of your sock wet might be a little more uncomfortable, unpleasant than having your entire sock wet. Does this concern you? Patrick Cantlay, round four scoring average this year, 72.67, 148th on tour. Ooh, that's not good, Jim. Uh how many rounds is that? Five. Not four? many. Not yeah. many. I am. I'm okay, just because the situation is completely different. He wasn't in the mix at the century. I mean, he needed to fire a low one there to sniff it. Maybe it's Amer- it's three. It's three rounds because there was okay. no fourth round at Pebble. Okay, American Express was the bad one, correct? Yeah, like seventy six. Yeah, which is horrible. At 75 at Farmers. Okay, that's not great either, but that's a tough course. I'll give him a pass. Um, I'm okay with it. All right. I'm okay with it. Until tomorrow. We might have yeah. to tra- transfer the wealth of the nickname over, potentially. Uh, Josh, let's get into the betting board. Let's see uh, Let's see who we got. I'm assuming Cantley is around plus 100. Oh, Betty. Uh Cantlay plus 110, Xander Shoffley plus 280, Zalatoris four and a half to one, uh, Zalatoris Shoffley within two of Cantlay, Luke List within three at 14 to one, 
And then at 10 under, Jason Day, 22 to 1. Harris English, 30 to 1. Greg, you teased it earlier in the episode. We know it's not Luke List. Who is your 2024 Genesis Invitational winner? Will Will Zalatoris. But looking at this board, I li- I kind of li- it it pushes me a little towards the Luke List side. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Fourteen. Fourteen's nice. He is at eleven under, so he's he's three back. Xander and Willie Z are two back. This makes sense. These numbers make sense, but whew. the it's way nice. he's putting the way a nice number. The way Luke List is putting it, I mean, second, second this tournament. He's gaining over two strokes around so far, which is bonkers for Luke List. <laughs> yeah. And if he does that, if he gains two and a half strokes putting tomorrow, he's probably right there come the final yeah. couple. Yeah. That's a nice way to say he wins. Yeah. Yeah. Without putting my neck on the line. Uh, I'm going to go the biased route. We have the same name. I'm going with Cantlay. I don't, I don't think the uh, the bogey on 17 is not going to sway me. He's been great throughout this entire week. He's got a two-stroke lead. He's plus money. His his The highest he could have shot today was 70. I think he's got something around you know four under in him tomorrow. And if that's the case, you need – Shoffley and Zalatoris to replicate their rounds from today, which tough they can do. do. They can do, but like like you just said, it, it is tough to do. So I'm going to take the plus money uh, with Cantlay. Uh, Greg, we got we got anything else? You want to talk a little Scotty Scheffler putting? You want to talk about no pro- Scotty Scheffler's putting? <laughs> I got a stat no, for you. I, I got right, a stat. Hit, hit me I got a stat for you for uh, Scotty Scheffler's putting. I I put this one on the uh, the interwebs yesterday. So coming into the week, Scotty Scheffler had hit 88.38% of green oh, regulation. I saw you tweet this. Insane. That. Insane number. From three to five feet. The sample size is obviously smaller, but it's about 30 putts. From three to five feet this year, he has made 77.8% of putts. Scotty Scheffler is more likely – I hate these stats. It's like Stephen Curry is more likely to uh, – Make a three than a layup. <laughs> yeah, or like – Tom Brady's more likely to win a Super Bowl than so and so's like than Shaquille O'Neal is to make a free throw. But Scotty Scheffler is more likely, statistically, math does not lie, to hit a green in regulation than he is to make a three to five footer. Yeah. That you're not going to see that very often <laughs> on the PGA tour. <laughs> and I mean, he's showing visible frustration now. Yeah. Which Maybe I get it. I think it turns. I do think it turns around in the Florida swing. I think it strokes better. Okay. So I've talked about this with uh, with Justin Thomas before because JT has a bias where he'll miss to the right, at least used to. Um, Then it was significant. It was noticeable. He missed every putt right. You know, it didn't matter which way it was breaking. It it missed right. Um, And he may have cleaned that up a little bit. I, I I'm not. I'm still on the fence with JT. But anyway, my point is when you correct a bias like that, um, it doesn't mean you, you can get better without getting better results. So if you always miss right and you stop missing right, but you're used to aiming a little more left, you know, a little more left, 
it, t- it could take a while to kind of calibrate those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there was a bias with Scotty Scheffler like that, but I, I do think he's hitting his line a lot more. And I give some of the credit to Riviera and these greens and the difficulty of the short putts. Um, I, I also think some of it has to do with baggage, mental baggage, uh, or as I saw on Twitter yesterday, a grief case. Um, just phenomenal (laughs) yeah he's carrying around a grief case and so i think it'll take a little time to get over that but when he gets off the west coast swing i think we're gonna see a turnaround okay and i mean api players obviously very kind to him in the past one one last pitch one one last pitch for you here greg it has to do with the cut i've been kind of sitting on this take for a little bit we saw a lot of big names exit early but what if during these invitationals, the Memorial and the API, the only two signature events left that have a cut. Instead of the top 50 in ties and the 10-stroke rule, what if we only did the 10-stroke rule? Just a 10-stroke rule. Just a 10-stroke rule. Yeah. If, a guy, if a guy blitzes the field, he cuts it down to 10 players and we go on from yeah, there. Yeah, it's risky. It's risky. <laughs> I don't mind it, though. You know, I kind of like it. Um, I had another thought on the cut. Okay. What if the cut was just flat? Uh, even par is the cut. Ooh. Okay. Right. It has nothing to do with what place you're in. You just or or set the number of whatever you think it should be. Cut well, I like, is I like even par. Even par. Like oh, at, sorry, at Memorial. At Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Seven guys make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm with that. Yeah, so there's some cool cut ideas. I I think the cut's really important. Yeah. Uh, not just so that you can earn your keep, but it adds a huge element to Friday. Exactly. You know, Friday becomes exciting. It means something. Uh, and, and so I, I do think it's important, and I, I do think it's okay to get a little creative with it. It could be fun. Yeah, I'll admit I was sitting on this Friday afternoon. Cantley had a putt on 18 for birdie, and in my mind, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is to knock out the uh, the, the minus twos right now." <laughs> or something yeah, like. yeah, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. You get it both ways. Uh, but what we have time to to talk about our cut line ideas before uh, before the API, which is actually coming up kind of soon. Yep, um, they're not going to change though. No, no, they're not. I'll send a note to Jay. Uh, Greg, you got anything else on this fine Saturday evening? No, it's been fun. It, uh, it has. What, what a tournament so far. Been a great time. What a tournament. It will turn into what a week come tomorrow yep. Yep. once it comes into fruition. Uh, this was your third round recap of the Genesis Invitational. That is Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. I'm Patrick McDonald. You can find me at P McDonald CBS. This was the first cut podcast. We'll be talking to you guys later. <laughs>